Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Today's episode of the Nick Bob Podcast is brought to you by Pella Windows and Doors. You know, a new door, a new set of windows can really totally change the look and the feeling and the vibe of your home. Plus, it can add more value to your home. It can make your home more energy efficient. Pella checks all those boxes and then some. Pella can provide window and door solutions to any home and working with the people at Pella is second to none now is the time. Turn your window and door modeling dreams into a reality with Pella. Check them out online, PellaOmaha.com. That is PellaOmaha.com. Well, it is, uh, it's Monday, August 10th, and boy, the sports world is crazy right now. It feels like if you're like off Twitter for 10 minutes, 15 minutes, you're going to miss some like huge stories breaking and things are happening really fast in the world of of the pandemic and college football and football in in general and obviously one of the big stories locally here in the state of Nebraska and in particular Omaha was the announcement of Omaha Public Schools OPS canceling football season high school football which is obviously devastating for a bunch of people and especially in a in a state like Nebraska a place that holds high school football in in such high regard and when this news hit I immediately knew I needed to get Mike Sodder on the podcast. Uh, Mike Sodder, the Omaha World Herald. I mean, he's got a really cool story and kind of his rise to being really one of the most dominant voices in Nebraska high school media coverage. And this guy, he's got his finger on the pulse of all things Nebraska high school sports, and in particular, the coaches, the players, and the parents. So he's kind of the perfect guy to have on to discuss uh, you know, the news of, of OPS, Omaha Public Schools, canceling football season and what that may mean for the rest of the state and all that goes into, uh, went into that decision and what, you know, what now, what transfer options are out there for different people. Uh, so he, he, he's, uh, he's, he's got his finger on the pulse, man. Again, Mike writes for the Omaha World Herald. You can read his stuff there. I, I highly recommend you do. Good guy, very plugged in. This was a really good chat. You know, we hit on all the angles of the cancellation of high school football for OPS. And, you know, then we kind of hit on a handful of other things. The, we get into the rise of club sports and, and the AAU scene. And, and then we talk some in-state recruiting as well. Most notably, we, we get uh, Mike's thoughts on Hunter Salas, who's the five-star stud basketball player from Millard North, who's pretty much got every offer in the world. Uh, right now, he's—I mean—he could be a McDonald's All-American, and we get Mike's thoughts on the latest on on uh, what Hunter's kind of thinking right now in terms of his decision uh, to go play college basketball uh, after his senior year at Millard North. So we hit on a lot. I mean, we hit on on a ton of different things. I think you guys are really going to enjoy it. So let's get to it, man. Here is my podcast chat with the Omaha World Herald's Mike Sauter. All right, online now is uh, Mike Sauter, Omaha World Herald. Uh, yeah, I've always, Mike, I've I've always admired and supported you because you you're somewhat of a self-made dude. Is that a fair way to describe like your rise 
to really kind of what I would say kind of dominate the Nebraska Nebraska high school sports kind of coverage and 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 all that stuff. Before we get to all the the cancellations of high school sports, let's get to how you've dominated covering it up until this point. Like, is that a self made? Would that be a good way to describe yeah. it? Yeah, I mean, I've had a lot of help along the way, sure. right, with with people and everything. But um, you know, I just I years ago it was 10, 11 years ago now. I just saw an opportunity and uh, took it. You know, really, I, I, there just wasn't uh, kids from Nebraska being covered like other places, right? Um, and other states. And I just, but as far as their recruiting and summer basketball and stuff, I mean, I start. I'm a basketball guy to my core, but I, I just thought that those guys needed a little more love, right? Right. So. Um, it, it started with, I'll be brief here. Yeah. Give it to me. It it started with, uh, it started with me, uh, going out to the NBA players association, top 100 camp. And, uh, I I went out there with a Koi gal, uh, and, uh, was his chaperone, I guess, if you will, that weekend. And, uh, really that camp is locked down, like no fans, only media and only parents. And somehow I got in, <laughs> I don't know how they let me in, <laughs> uh, but I made it. Um, and, and really, uh, I do have to say, I mean, the start is, um, Scott hammer actually, um, uh, really was kind of part of the start too. So I got to give credit to him and he, uh, let me hang around his AU team with Tradion Holland yep. and McCoy and those guys. So, but anyway, I was, I was out at this camp and, uh, i I was in there and they said, you can sit with the media people, but don't talk to any kids. I'm like, okay, that's fine. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I went and, and, um, and it was fun. I mean, that was like, I don't know. You remember Dave Tellup was there. I mean, yep. you're talking like guys that, you know, the national guys that you're like, Whoa, like mm-hmm. these guys are people. Um, and, um, uh, you know, I, I was in the hotel bar that night and, um, or the Friday night and, and the guy goes, well, who do you write for? And I'm like, uh, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> and they, and, and, and I asked them, well, you know, I got to talk a little bit. Well, who do you write for? And they said like Delaware preps or Delaware high school, whatever. And yeah. I'm like, wait a, wait a second here. <laughs> like if Delaware can do this, yes, we need to do this. Yes. So, uh, so it first ever tweet was, uh, um, I, I got to know a guy that wrote for Slam Magazine um, named Dave. He's uh, Dave Spawn, really good guy in Chicago. And uh, that weekend, and we came up with the name. Right. Uh, and and uh, started out, obviously, as Nebraska HS Hoops or High School Hoops. And uh, first tweet was a Koya gal at the camp going against Mamadou Njai, who's like 7'5 or yep, whatever the yep. is. And and a coy like was a baby looking to him. Uh, it was so funny because he was so big around you know everybody in Nebraska, and then you're out there and like this guy's like seven two or something, and he just dwarfed him. So that's first tweet ever. Um, so it was it's amazing, man. From, from there, it just kind of grew, and I had other guys you know say after a couple of years, uh, other guys say, hey, like you know, we live in Nebraska, right? And like football is a thing. And I'm like, well, yeah. And I, I played high school football. I wasn't great by any means. If you ever seen me, you could tell I wasn't great, <laughs> but, <laughs> but, uh, you know, guys, and, and really Michael Severe is the one that, 
that kind of told me, he's like, you really should do some football stuff. So I, I jumped in the football route and took off really ever since then. And right. Just fo- trying to follow guys recruitment and, and do the best uh, that I can to cover as many people as I can. Um, and, and obviously the world Herald hired me, uh, they, they bought my business and hired me three and a half years ago, uh, and employed me full time. So I basically like made them hire me. Yeah, <laughs> right, guess, right. So. You were such a force that they had to, they had to go get you. Like, I just think it's a cool, right. it's a cool story to just kind of like, just attack it. Cause it's weird. Like, so did you have any writing background? Uh, high school journalism gotcha. class. Okay. Right, yeah. right, right, right. Yeah. Yeah, and that, and really like, I, the it, it started out just okay. I'm gonna be this Twitter account. I'm sure, gonna just sure. tweet out a bunch of stuff, and then it turned into a really crappy website, like the worst <laughs> kind of website, like where it's just all words and no pictures, right? Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, <laughs> and the words don't even make sense because yeah. I didn't know I didn't know what the hell I was doing. Oh, I have man. no idea. And then it turned from there. It just kept, it kept evolving and uh, into you know, different things, I guess. Then I like, I bought a really cheap camera and I didn't know how to use it. So I kind of learned how to use it. Uh, all the while I, I just, the more writing I did, more writing I did, more writing I did, I got better. Sure. Right. Just with practice. And I, I still am not, you know, I'm not going to write a book or anything today, <laughs> but, but, but I've, I, I've gotten a lot better at it. And, and in particular, you know, at the world Herald, those there, we have so many great, like, guys that are writers and help have helped me out a ton just with ideas and our editors and people that don't get a lot of love or attention that aren't the faces right yeah and a guy and a guy like i will say a guy like dirk has has uh really helped me out a lot just with advice on how to take some heat from people sure. and, uh because he take some heat and and really just writing stuff too he, he's he's been big and uh, sam McEwen has too so those guys have really helped out a lot yeah you know for me mike you know because i've had people like hey you you know it is like you you try to be in today's media world you got to be like uh you, you got to be versatile hey you should try this you should try that and whenever someone's been like hey nick you should try to write i'm like i'd just rather tell you just like put a camera <laughs> in front of me and i'll tell you what i think you know like i'd rather just right. verbalize it than write it it's not as easy as you think to to kind of translate what's going on in your mind into a a column i you know i right. i've i'm going to continue to support you but if you ever do a, a top 10 high school basketball coaches list and my older brother, Alex Ball, isn't number one. I'm done with you. I'm going to delete this podcast. I'm, done. I'm deleting your number. I'm done with you. So just just know that, okay? Hey, he's, he's, uh, he's one of my favorite guys. I mean, there's no question he is – He's a favorite of mine. I will. I will probably never publish a top ten list. <laughs> Could you imagine that? Be <laughs> be a little shaky, shaky decision. That would be, that would be like career suicide. Oh, I would just, just man. oh man. Can you imagine the pe- the oh no? I parents can't. going. Parents just mfing and yes. all that stuff. I, oh man, it would be it would be terrible. Oh, that's not uh, good. That wouldn't be smart no, by it's, you. It's not good. But I will say. Like as far as best dressed, he he's number one. <laughs> he is. Hey, I'll give him that. Like when I go to high school basketball games, I have never seen. When I look at at my brother on the sidelines, and then whoever the other coach is, like my brother is killing the other coach in his in just his slacks, his tie, his shirt. Like he is. I will give him that. Like not only does Alex win games, but 
His his gear is on point. His sock game is strong. Too. <laughs> his sock, everything. It's the details. He's a yeah, right. good coaches are detailed, even down to the socks. He, he's got it down, man. You know what he needs to do, and this is something I started doing because, well, you know, like I'm bald, right? But, so I need something to kind of, you know, break up the face, and I can't see worth a crap. So <laughs> I I've started just, you know, like switching glasses out, like wow. different frame, yeah, different frames for different frames for different outfits and stuff or whatever yeah called. yeah um that that's what he needs he he should think about that the i'm gonna i'm gonna it. suggest that to him yeah because yeah. he's got one he's just got the one pair of glasses he's got to step it up he could get versatile he could start coordinating the glasses with like the socks and the tie and all that stuff like right you know he's right that's, they're they're ch- they're cheap enough online right I now. I mean, I are. got, I got four pairs of glasses, different colors and everything. I just rotate. Okay, I'm gonna throw that at him. When when we're That's done talking to him, I'm gonna call him and I'm gonna say, Sodder <laughs> and I, we got we got great advice for you. And he'd be like, What do you got? Is it like how to defend ball screens? We're like, No, 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 no. no. Your glasses. <laughs> You're good. The frames in your glasses. That's what it's what needs to happen here. I like Mike. I so I I I'm writing down questions for you. And there's an element of like I'm nervous to even put out any podcast right now because stories can change in five minutes. Mm-hmm. Like we might be by yeah. the time we're done recording this, there might be a million different things that have have changed because this thing kind of moves quick. I guess Ted, you've had a obviously the, the you know I wanted to the second the news hit that OPS is you know they're going to remote learning for the first quarter. They're gonna they're canceling fall sports, which of course the big thing is football. You've had a weekend to digest it. Do you think? Do you think players and coaches and parents were all caught off guard or were were there I know there's always rumors but do you feel like everyone was was really caught off guard by this decision last Thursday night Friday morning I think if it wasn't Thursday just the the timing of it right like all the coaches and players have been told yep August 10th get ready to practice August 10th like it's going to happen you know we're as normal get prepared players had checked out equipment like their helmets and shoulder pads and all that stuff like last week. So I, I think if it, if it would have happened like a week before or maybe Monday or Tuesday, it would have been a little bit lesser of a blow. It sure. was still stunk for a lot of people, but I think they were caught off guard because of the timing of the decision. It just felt like it was very last minute. And then you wait until, you know, Friday afternoon at two o'clock, which you know, practice is supposed to start Monday, right? right to officially announce it. I mean, everyone kind of knew after that Zoom call that it was like, whoa, yeah. um, that that it, it wasn't going to happen. But um, I, I just feel like they were they were caught off guard. I, you know, it it stinks. It's, it's terrible for kids, and and really, I just look at it from a recruitment standpoint for some of these guys that, that need it. Even small. I'm not talking about the big time guys, like small school NAI guy or division two or whatever they need. I mean, they need film, right? Yeah. And really there's no film for them. So, um, hopefully, I mean, I'm just going to go to as many football practices and things that I can until they say we can't do it anymore. And that's my mindset right now. Yeah. What are you, what are, what are you hearing in terms of other school districts potentially following suit? Because that's something we've seen mm-hmm. even at the collegiate level with, with college football, where when one conference goes, People always talk about, oh, now there's pressure on this conference or, or, or whatever. Do you, like, do you get the sense that now Millard or these different – or Bellevue are starting to feel pressure because there's no doubt that the optics of it kind of 
are a little head scratching. And not to mention that, oh, by the way, you know, you, you got these guys that got to fill their schedules now. Like if you played, mm-hmm. you know, you played two to three Metro team or, you know, OPS teams, you're you're scrambling a little bit right now. Do you feel like there's a mm-hmm. chance that other districts are following suit? I think it will eventually. Um, I, I think a, a Millard or uh, really it's, it's, it's all based on county, right? So we know like what, what we've learned all these different county health departments. Well, Douglas County obviously has more cases and mm-hmm. all of that. So I, I do feel like it's likely, uh, unless the case numbers flip, I do feel like it's likely that basically all of Douglas County is going to end up not having false works or at least suspending it for now. I, that That's the thing is like, what happens if two weeks go by or three weeks or a month or something and the numbers look way better and you feel more comfortable, right? Yeah. So, so canceling it, basically canceling it for nine weeks. It, it, I think that was a little aggressive in my opinion. Um, but I, I do think that the Douglas counties, like your Millards and all of that will, um, will probably eventually end up having to suspend practice maybe for a week or two or 10 days or something. Now, uh, the opposite of that is Bellevue. And this is what makes it so interesting. Everyone thinks that, you know, it's the Metro and conference and all that. No, it's not, not for football. Um, Cause Bellevue West, Bellevue East, Papillion, uh, Papillion South, Gretna, Platteview, all them are in a different uh, County health department. So those guys are playing. Okay. And, and frankly, like Gretna starts school and they're going 100% capacity in the school, like every kid in the school. Right. Which, which in my opinion, feels a little. Yeah, it seems a little crazy. But, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But they're they're all playing because they're a different health department, right? right? Um, and one of the things attached to the Sarpy health department is Cass County, so like Plattsmouth, Conestoga, those guys. There, it's the Sarpy, Sarpy slash Cass health department. So if let's say there's something popping in Bellevue, well, then that affects even like, you know, Plattsmouth and Conestoga and those guys like right south of there. So I I think eventually like, you know, there's going to be bumps and there's going to be kids held out and all that. But um, I think that the schools that are, are in, in the Metro as far as class A schools right now, they're planning on playing and starting and just seeing how it goes. You know, the one thing West side is probably going to start the year as the number one team in the state. Um, they have uh, four or five division one guys uh, that are committed or have offers, which no one else does. I mean, they're, they're going to be the number, they have the best quarterback uh, coming back and uh, Avante Dickerson's mm-hmm. a guy, right. Going to Minnesota. So um, West side's interesting because they're, basically in the middle of OPS's district and and Westside and Prep, right? Two really top ten teams. So how do they go about it without, you know, um, but they have less students to worry about too. So that 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 matters. Do you, what do you get the I guess there's no way to answer this question. We talk about, you know, different elements. So I mean do you think college football's cancellation, like let's say, I mean by the time we there's been rumors that you know Tuesday that there's going to be would, yeah. would college football's cancellation have any impact have, on high school football and whether it goes? I don't think so. Okay. Um, I, I not Nebraska. I mean, they, the NSA has made their decision. 
And really the people that I talk to there say, the only way we're not going is if the governor says we can't. Gotcha. So, okay. um, and, and, you know, I mean, really, I look at it like this, like people are mad at the NSA for, for, for saying we're going to have a season and we're going to figure it out and there'll be no contest games if teams have to cancel and all that. But the, what the NSAA needs to worry about is the kid in Hitchcock County in or Garden County in like Oshkosh, Nebraska, yeah. just just as much as they worry about the kid in Omaha, Nebraska. So they need to make the same ruling for both sets of kids. Well, like in Garden County has had, I think, zero cases of positive tests. So you're going to yeah, tell that. Eight, eight, yeah, you're going to tell that eight man football team that they can't play. So um, that's just, you know, I mean, I, I, I fully understand why they're going forward with it. And frankly, like, I'm not going to say I support it, but I'll be there if the doors are sure. Open. There you go. <laughs> what 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 is the vibe? Because obviously you have the, you have the pulse of players coaches parents like you 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 have your finger on the pulse of all of them like what's the vibe you you are getting from them or we're getting from them in terms of fear of covid fear of of how this is going where was were they just ready to go was there some trepidation like how would you kind of characterize and i know you're you're probably going to paint with a broad brush which is always you know dangerous to do but like were was everybody feeling good about playing uh yeah i would say there's about 95% of people were like, let's go. Yeah. We're going like we're, we want to play. We're here. We'll do what it takes. You know, I mean, I went to Papillion La Vista's midnight practice and there were parents there and kids were excited and jumping around like normal. Mm -hmm. Now what, what wasn't normal is they did do, and I like this idea and I'm sure they'll kind of think of more, but for practice purposes, they did, you know, athletic tape on the face mask to try and yeah, kind of okay. block stuff. I, I like that idea. Or if kids wanted to, they could do that and wear a mask under their helmet or like the neck gator thing that comes up over your nose. Mm -hmm. That thing is, you know, that, that could be an option. I mean, people will get creative and think of ways <laughs> to, to do it. It's just going to be, how do you keep the kids kind of socially distant, if you will, while, it, you know, waiting for practice or, um, or, or standing around like watching instruction and stuff like that. That was kind of the, the biggest thing, but I, all in all, I, I felt like they did a really good job of, of, uh, adhering to the protocols that needed to be adhered to, to, to make it happen. Do what, what, I mean, one of the big things that instantly was the thought for some people, once the cancellation for OPS went into, into effect was, transfer options for for mm -hmm. different players like what are what are you hearing on how aggressive certain parents and players are to want to transfer and what are realistic options for these kids mm -hmm. um I, there's a handful of guys that i've heard are are trying to explore going to maybe lewis central uh in council bluffs or yep so like i have i have a cousin that lives over there maybe i can go live there with him for a year and then come back to uh, the, the school in Omaha um, for my senior year or something like that, you know, like one year alone type of thing, mm -hmm. <laughs> kind of like, kind of like uh, European soccer does. I don't know what that's called, but whatever that is yep. over there. Um, but it, they, the transferring in 
Omaha or in the Metro or in Nebraska, if you're an OPS kid, it's virtually impossible. It's not impossible, but it's really hard, especially with this late of a, of a time on that decision. Um, May 1st is the transfer deadline. So if kids haven't, they can declare they want to like transfer, not declare, but uh, send in the paperwork that they want to transfer to whatever school, but they have to do it before May 1st. If they don't, they have to sit out 90 days, um, which is basically the entire football season or until the first of the year. Um, so if a kid wanted to do that right now, they, they would have to, to sit out 90 days, which doesn't make a lot of sense. Right. 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 <laughs> so, uh, but a way you can do it and, and the rule of state, you have to change your domicile. So you have to have a, a, an, a specific change of address. So if you own a home, you have to sell that home and buy another home in, let's say, if I want to go play in Bellevue or Papillion or something, I would have to buy a house. Now, if I rent an apartment, if I rent an apartment and I'm in OPS and I want to go to prep or Westside or something like that, or whatever school mm-hmm. that's playing, doesn't, doesn't matter. Brown on Talbot, I, who cares? So you can, you can literally move across the hallway in an apartment complex or up a flight or down a flight of stairs. And that's a change of domicile and you could, you're free to, to transfer. Wow. So that's, that's weird. Yeah. Now the, the other piece is, well, there's a lot of talk of, well, I'll just get an apartment for a month to month lease or rent for the football season, basically uh, a really cheap apartment in Bellevue or Gretna or Papillion or something. Well, the only way you can really do that, cause you can't have two addresses. Um, the only way you can do that is you're, if, you're mar- if your parents are married, you would have to have – they would have to legally separate. Oh, my <laughs> and, God. And that, and that would mean you have two separate addresses. Now, if you think about it, like a legal separation, a couple hundred bucks maybe in, in legal fees sure. for a lawyer. And then really if they want to get married again after a year or two or whatever, you know, technically get married again after a year or two or whatever – it's, you know, a marriage license is what, 50 bucks. Right. So it's, we're not talking, but I mean, that, that's an extreme, that seems pretty extreme, right? Yeah. Yeah. But listen, I mean, it's extreme, but I wouldn't be astonished to hear about it. You know, I mean, it's extreme, but I mean, you know how these parents are and you know how important high school sports are to, to not only the kid, but the parents that are, that are, you know, heavily in, in invested and involved. Like, I don't know. I, I know it seems crazy, but newsflash some high school parents are crazy okay like yeah. they'll, they'll do what they got to do you know yeah yeah i just man i i don't know if i would <laughs> i don't i have two daughters and you know hopefully i'd never have to think about this stuff when yeah. they get older right but but i i just there's i don't think there would be any way i would do that no. now if they're you know really 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 good um uh maybe like maybe I, maybe I would try and do whatever it takes. Um, I just, it also, you know, this situation, you got to remember, like we're in the middle of a pandemic, like people are getting sick. Um, so like, how important is that? It, it's a tough kind of thing to weigh. I, I just, I mean, there are parents that are going to do it though. I, I have a feeling that's going to happen. Yeah. I, you know, you wrote a great column about a week or so ago before all this went down 
that I do think is something that has kind of gotten lost in the conversation, and that is kind of the impact that high school sports has on kids positively. You know, where you, where some of these kids, uh, you know, their football is the guiding carrot for them to stay on uh, the right path to make good decisions, to continue to, to, to take care of your schoolwork. And oftentimes these coaches, Mike, you, you, like they become enormous authoritative figures in their life, guiding them. Like, I, I guess what I'm saying, like, I think it's easy for people to poo poo football. Like, Oh, you don't get to watch, you know, you don't get to watch central play Benson on Friday nights, cry me a river. It's like, well, it's way more than that. And I think that's something that unfortunately kind of gets lost in the conversation that I'm sure you have thousands of anecdotes of kids that if you were to remove football or basketball from them, they'd have been in a world of hurt. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, it, there's, that's my biggest fear right now. Right. And I think that's the biggest fear of coaches is like, what are we going to do with these kids without that structure? Right. Every day of going to practices and, and just school. Right. Like, how are they going to eat? You know, like there's stuff like that, but that's what a lot of people I think weren't realizing when we were talking about this stuff until the end. Right. So, um, I, I just, until it got to later when people are like, Oh yeah, well, you know, how is this kid going to like survive? (laughs) So, uh, those things matter. And, and, and one, one coach I talked to an OPS football coach and it's not, you know, one of the better teams. He told me, he's like, we need, we need, and that coach was Chris Fant at Omaha Northwest. And he doesn't care if I say it. So um, he, he, what he said is we need like these, these kids, like we're a father figure for a lot of these kids. They have no stable male in their life for a lot of these kids. Right. And and we're all they got. And now they're not even going to be able to see them. Right. (laughs) So, or, or help them out or, or even the discipline part. Right. No so doubt. those are the things that, that matter more. I mean, there's, there's so many, there's so many stories you could tell of kids that without sports, they turned into this yeah. or with, with, with sports, they did this, which was a great thing. Um, or because of sports, they, change their life or their family's life or future all of that um those some of those have been documented but man you could really document like one a day probably for the next 10 years no question you know and so yeah my it's weird with i and you know you don't want to like rank who you feel worst for you know because (laughs) it's not a contest but like i just i i've i've tried to continue to focus on the kids and like you know, there's, you know, you have an Avante Dickerson who, you know, like, listen, he's made his college decision. Like, he's kind of set to, for, for lack of a term. And then you have, then you have the players who need to have a good year to get, to get a scholarship opportunity. And then there's a, then the, the largest pool of kids are, this is the last time they're ever going to play football in their entire mm-hmm. lives. And like, mm-hmm. I feel for, for those guys, I just, I bet if you talk to a lot of, the guys, whether it's you brought up a Koi, or I know even for me, or I talk to Barrett Root all the time, like, 
you know, Barrett Root's a guy that's played at Nebraska. He's played in the NFL. I've played in the NCAA tournament. I've played at Kansas. I've played at Creighton. And I'm not so sure that when I when I lay my head on my pillow at night that I don't my, – my fondest sports memories aren't when I was hooking it up and playing for Lincoln Southeast. And so mm-hmm. it's just sad, man. Like, I just have found myself just feeling sad for – for all these kids, because this means so much. Not only is it important for all the reasons we just laid out with it being structure and discipline and all that stuff, but it just it means so much to you know someone's to to someone's life, and it's it just sucks, man. Yeah, I mean, I I still talk to guys that like when I was a sophomore in high school, I lived in Sutherland, Nebraska, okay, way out by way out by North Platte, and I was one of and I was the new kid, right? Like people don't move into that town, right, <laughs> especially I was in say. high school. So, uh, and I was one of four or I can't remember, four or five uh, boys in the class of 24 kids, right? Okay. And these other guys have grown up together, you know, best friends and all that. So uh, that there was a group of seniors. Uh, Tom Beveridge, who I don't remember, he played in yep. Nebraska, yes. wide receiver, walk on yep. wide receiver from out there. Um, and Brandon LaValley was, uh, or Jason, Brandon and Jason LaValley, that, that, those guys were quarterbacks at Nebraska Wesleyan. Uh, Brandon's the, um, superintendent at Wahoo Public Schools right now. Okay. And every time I see him, if I go to Wahoo or something, every time I see him, like, it's just, we talk about like, you know, man, you remember that one year I lived in Sutherland? I was this little 110 pound guy, you know, like yeah. just, just the relationship is built. Right. And we won football games and all that. But for me, it was more about, I mean, Tom Beveridge, <laughs> I will never forget this. So there was, uh, the first weekend I'm there, I had, I know nothing about ranching right. and, uh, nothing, right. Like I haven't been around a cow in my life <laughs> and, and, the first weekend, a guy named Cody Rising, uh, he was a senior and he was really good friends with with Tom Beveridge. And uh, Cody, he he says, "Do you want to go roping?" And I'm like, <laughs> "All right, like <laughs> let's do this." Yeah. Well, you got to go to to Shad McCoy, like this guy's ranch. We're gonna go there Sunday afternoon. And I'm like, "Cool, like that's cool." And uh, they didn't tell me what to wear because. You know, they just figured I'd throw on some jeans and some boots or something. <laughs> and, and I'm wearing, I mean, I am wearing, this is, we're talking like, you know, late 90s. Yeah. And I, I am wearing, uh, you know, the like windbreaker pants yep. that everyone had. Yep. So I had my nicest Nike windbreaker pants. I had the best uh, like sweatshirt that I had because oh, I'm like, no. well, maybe I'm going to need a sweatshirt, right? Best like pullover sweatshirt and my best Nikes. Oh, and I'm Mike. and I walk out there. I walk out there. Yeah, and they were white. Um, were white is key. Yeah. So I, I walk out there and uh, I drive out. I find it, uh, and it is you know a ranch in the middle of the sand hills. And uh, they're like, "Hey, we're gonna have you run the shoot." Now I don't know if you know what run the shoot. Nope. Means, but that means getting the calves into the shoot thing and then opening the shoot and they run out. Well, like, you know, the calves don't, they don't want to go in that chute. No, they don't because they know it's coming. So you got to take like a stick or something and jab them in the side a little bit or push them or knee them or whatever. And, you know, cows poop a lot. Oh, no. 
So, I, I mean, I was there for probably a, a good 45 minutes and I was out. Just done. Just just yeah. everything ruined. Nikes, yeah, I, everything done. Yeah, every, everything was just like, and, and my mind, my, my, I'm like, wait, I got to poke this calf with a stick? No, I'm like, what? What are these people doing? And I watched them <laughs> doing stuff. I mean, they made fun of me so bad. I bet it was, they did. It was crazy. I mean, they set me up, right? Like, oh, there's course. no way they did. But anyway, back to it, like, that's the relationships that, like, and Tom Beveridge, he still lives out there and, and ranches and all that. And he has young girls that, that play sports and all that. And I see him every now and again, or he'll DM me or something, and we'll talk about random things. And, like, you know, without without sports and even just the small-town experience stuff, Without that, like I would, I wouldn't have those that relationship with those guys. Yeah. So that's another piece of it that that kind of hurts. Hey guys, quick break to talk to you guys about Pella windows and doors, and I, I want to make sure that you guys understand that Pella windows of Omaha and Lincoln they are following CDC guidelines. Uh, during this coronavirus situation. They can safely serve any of your window and door needs in the showroom or in your home. All the employees at Pella and the customers are completing a COVID-19 questionnaire as provided by the CDC prior to entering the showroom, entering the office, and uh, any uh, potential customer's home. And all the employees are required to self-quarantine for a recommended 14 days. If uh, that individual comes into contact with someone who's tested positive, if they traveled anywhere outside of the Omaha Lincoln area, bottom line, they are taking all the necessary precautions to make sure that they are safe and you are safe so you can safely move forward with your window and door needs. And uh, on top of all that, as a result of all this stuff with the coronavirus, uh, Pella is offering temporary special financing options. They are now available. So man, now is the time to take advantage of these special rates and uh, put that value back into your home, and you have that peace of mind knowing that all the necessary safety uh, protocol and precautions have been uh, put into place by Pella, so you know the whole time you can feel safe. Give Pella a call, 402-493-1350, or check them out online at PellaOmaha.com. That's PellaOmaha.com. There's no doubt. I mean, the more the, it just the more you peel it back, you know, you just it's it's just an awful situation, and you know, it's how did you feel? Because one of the things that's been so odd over the course of the last, gosh, month and a half ish, maybe a little longer than that, it's been kind of weird to see all these, you know, whether it's cancellations or forecasting of, of fear and doom and gloom with the prospects of sports and all that stuff. And then I see, like, and then I'll get on Twitter and, like, AAU events are going on, and I'm watching Tucker DeVries have 27 points in a video. And, like, it's just a weird juxtaposition. And I'm not necessarily asking you, like, who's right and who's wrong, but it, it's it's just a weird thing when you read, like, a, you'll read this huge column of just, like, there's no way this sport, this sport, this sport's going to happen. But then it's, like, on some level it is happening. It's just a weird – that because I know that was certainly a point of uh, the, a, a hot-button issue with the – with with something that was said last week about how, you know, kind of insinuating that summer athletics kind of screwed things up a little bit, you know, in that mm -hmm. Omaha metro area. But it's just been a weird – there's been kind of a weird juxtaposition with those two things going on. Yeah, I – you know, I, I mean, it is weird. And it's really odd. Uh, you know, the first time I walked into a gym, 
I think I don't even remember what day back in June. Um, and I was like, man, this feels great. Like yeah. I'm going walking in, go watch some kids play some ball. Like, this is awesome. Like, I feel great about this. And then you start thinking about it, like, wait a second, there's all these people in here and like, no one's wearing a mask. <laughs> like, like no one's wearing a mask or like, what is going on? And then, and then, you know, now, just this past weekend, I would say 95% of the people were wearing a mask. There were, it was virtually impossible to socially distance, sure. but but 95% of people were, were wearing a mask. I think people have, have flipped and changed. But in in my mind, I mean, it's it is really hard. Like you 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 think about it, but you don't want to think about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and the kids are going to play like they want to play, and the parents are going to let them play, and it's their choice and all that, um, which I'm fine with. And I guess. I, from my standpoint, I look at it like I got a job to do. Like, so sure, I, I need to, I need to go, <laughs> I need to go do my job. So uh, if they're playing, I guess I got to be there. Right. Mm-hmm. So um, I don't, you know, if, if they do end up totally and California has kind of already happened in some of the other States. I mean, if they do end up around here in Nebraska, if they end up canceling every, let's say everyone cancels fall sports. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, people are still going to play club sports. It's going to happen. Like volleyball is going to, going to play, uh, uh, basketball is probably going to play. If, if this stuff happens, I mean, they're just going to keep playing until someone tells them no. Mike, I, that you took, you must be, it's the next question I was going to ask. Cause something that I've forecasted, I even think before a pandemic is like club sports has, and you know, AAU basketball, it's like, it's continued to like, it's, it's, it's rising, it's rising, it's rising to the point where I think for some athletes, some athletes would say, yeah, my, how I view my OSA Crusaders season more important than my high school season, which for guys like me and you growing up, Mike, that was like <laughs> crazy, right? I mean, it was like, are you <laughs> right. kidding me? Like, and, but that's where it's at. Like one of the things that if, if I had to, you know, look into my crystal ball and, and get a little concerned about. And I like, I say this half serious, half not is like, could we see the beginning of not the end of high school sports? Cause I still think football is the hardest thing to do for a club sport, but you, like you said, people are going to play, you know, like if they cancel high school basketball, even like you better believe there's going to be some games that are going on unless they get completely shut down. How do you see that path of of things because as you pointed out like they're going to continue to play because they were playing all summer yeah i it, it it that is true though right like what you said about the recruitment piece it matters way more what you do in the summer and stuff as far as recruitment's concerned yeah than than what you do in the winter for basketball it, it way more right now now a good college coach or good recruiter will make sure they are involving everyone in the conversation, the AAU coach and the high school coach, and hopefully they have a good relationship. Right. So, um, that, but it, it does matter way more and they're, they're going to keep playing like, and it is totally going to affect, it won't kill high school sports, but it'll put a huge dent in it. I mean, mm-hmm. you've looked at even a couple, was it last year or two years ago? Um, uh, club soccer, like girls soccer, uh, that played in the spring and there were girls that were opting to play on that team rather than their high school teams. Because in Nebraska, we're one of the few States in the country that has high school soccer in the spring. It's normally a fall sport. Yep. So that, 
that affected some high school teams because some of their better players decided not to go out and they, they played a club. So it could happen. I hope, I mean, obviously I'm hoping we don't get to that point. Sure. Um, but it, 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 I could see foreshadow it happening. I mean, like I brought up California. I mean, just look there. Like what, if, what is going to happen in California this fall winter um, is, is a, a very good measuring stick to see what the rest of the country is likely going to do or could turn into, because I know people out there and they said these club teams, like they're doing like huddle film and stuff. I'm I mean, telling you, which is, yeah. Yeah. I mean, cause you're right. I mean, I, the crazy, I know I did like you, I, there's no doubt like when, when right now, when, uh, when let's say a Wisconsin is recruiting a kid, they're going to there. It's almost more important to get in with the AAU coach than it is the high school coach. And you know, and and that's a window into kind of where things are potentially trending. Is it, what's the biggest obstacle for club football? Um, because that's I something I've always kind of wondered yeah. about. Like somehow, somehow football's the one sport. Now there's been seven on seven stuff and all that mm-hmm. stuff, but like football's the one sport that has not really seen club sports like sink its teeth into. I think it's part of it is financially, like the equipment itself is not cheap and to maintain it and keep it up and stuff like that. I I think that's that's part of it. And two, like where are all the facilities at? Right. Yeah. They're at high, true. high school. That's true. Like no one, you know, no one's, no one's building a turf stadium yeah. for, you know, like that stuff, that's way more expensive than building gyms, right. A big tin building with, you know, basketball courts or volleyball courts inside of it. Um, I, I feel like it just costs a little bit more. Um, I, I think those are the two reasons why football hasn't, hasn't done it. That's, that's probably my best guess. I guess I haven't really, thought about it much or dug into it much now i will say this there is some momentum right now um and i might know someone or not that uh to to get a a seven on seven league going this fall for you know wouldn't surprise me kids in omaha there there might be a guy you're talking to on right now that that has uh thought of some ideas i i I, trust (laughs) me i i mean it was it was one of the Three or four initial thoughts that came to my mind. One of them was was that you know, like the 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 rise of club sports or the spawning of something new, football wise, to to take its place. Like I mean, it just it's just kind of how things work when when sports is are so important to a community, mm-hmm. to players, to people. Like so, Kid, I, I wouldn't yeah. surprise me. Kid, kids aren't just gonna sit around the house and no. do nothing. No, like, that's not happening. So, so, so they're gonna do something. And, and that's, you know, kind of, kind of the problem, or I guess the double-edged sword, if you will, is like, they're going to find something to do, whether it's, whether it's on the streets or in a gym or on a field or something like they're going to keep, they're going to keep themselves preoccupied somehow. Uh, They're high school kids. That's what they do. No doubt. I, a couple of things, I want to get to a a few other things, but I've, I've heard people talk about, oh, get ready for litigation and suing. I'm stupid, Mike. Help me out. Like, who who would be suing who and under what grounds? Like, I'm, I'm, help yeah. me out. I think that that's, I, I think that's a little far fetched. Okay. Now, um, you, you could, if you get a good enough, I mean, the NSAA has 
lawyers, right? Like plural, that have gone through their bylaws and everything. I mean, they're it's almost bulletproof. And in order to sue the NSA for transfer stuff, it, one, it'd take a lot of money. And two, it'd likely be a waste of time. And three, like the only way you could really get it is like, someone or let's say a group of like if you got 25 50 parents together or groups of parents or you know or kids or whatever to file the suit and ask for an injunction and then that would take you know a couple months and then maybe a kid could transfer to play football somewhere but like i mean at the end of the day it feels like a lot of work so, <laughs> <Yeah>, <laughs> like, like it feels like it's a little too much and really like as far as the, the i'm just getting off topic here back to the transfer thing like some of the coaches i talk to are like say you know like what am i going to tell the kid that's been in my program for three years and they're going to be a senior and let's say they're going to be the offensive lineman right so starting left tackle just per se Mm -hmm. um what do I tell that kid that I've said, you know, keep working hard, buddy. You're, we're going to get there, all these things. And, and I preach about development and my program develops and all that. Like, what do I tell that kid that, you know, like worked his butt off that, Oh, Hey, you know, Hey, Mr. Like uh, big time left tackle from this other school. Yeah, sure. Come on down. Right. Like, it's hard. How do you, yeah, how do you I, do that? I, I I can the only the example I can give was because it's so in going into my senior year, Andy Burkle, who was mm-hmm. you know I mean he was uh, I mean an incredible athlete ended up going he was mm-hmm. uh, on scholarship wide receiver to go to Nebraska and was the fastest yep. guy in the state. I mean he won like the 100, 200, 400. I mean the guy was a, a freak, mm-hmm. but he was he he was had been at Lincoln East and he transferred to Lincoln Southeast for his senior year and even. That of course we were like, man, we just picked up like the best wide receiver in the state. But like, <laughs> it was there was like I remember like when he walked onto the field that first practice, it was a little awkward, you know, like of mm-hmm. of just because like you said, I mean, there's this thing where you've you've had guys go through the grind and all of a sudden, you know, I think it helps when a guy's so cut uh, cut and dry better, mm-hmm. you know, like mm-hmm. I think where you mm-hmm. could get it, it could be really hard when it's like close. That's where mm-hmm. it could be real hard. We're like, oh, I don't know. I, I I don't know who's maybe better, but but you're right. I mean, there there are a bunch of different things. It's not necessarily just a no brainer to like open your door and welcome in anybody that wants to transfer because you know you, you're trying to a part of establishing a culture and a program is to like uh, you know have examples of guys that have kind of done things the right way, done what you asked them to do, and then they get rewarded with playing. And I don't know. That's that's another thing to be interesting to see what yeah. what all plays out. Key, key word there, you you said it is culture. Yeah, like you. And when he walked on the field, you were with the guys that you've been playing with forever, your buddies, and you're like, man, this dude, right? Like right. that's your initial reaction. So that's that that could shake up some culture stuff now, like big time. So that people got to be really careful with that. Totally. Um, couple things, and I'll let you run. Uh. Because I'm sure there are people that are interested. I'm not sure how nitty gritty into the recruiting world you've been for. Like, how long have you like intimately been covering high school basketball and football recruiting? Um, well, basketball since uh, I started. That was why. So that have been with a coy like a decade ago. Yeah, almost. yeah, yeah okay. Like, t- like oh well, oh nine, ten, eleven, right in there. Yeah. 
so how give me because I think it's always interesting. Give me uh we'll we'll start I want to start football difference in the in Frost staff and how they go about recruiting the state compared to staffs of the past, whether it's Mike Riley or whoever, what, because one of the biggest things that Frost said right when he took over was like, we're going to shut down the, you know, we're going to keep, you know, the good talent in this state and they're going to make it a, a, a big emphasis. What have you noticed a difference? Yeah. I, yeah. I mean, you're still, you miss some guys, right? Sure. Like, you're never going to go hundred percent. You're, you're right. never going to, but if you go 85%, which they've been about that number, that's pretty good. Mm-hmm. Like that's, that's really good. Actually not pretty good. And targeting walk-ons on per, you know, like they're not just taking whatever guy that wants that played high school football that wants to come walk on. Right. Yep. They're tar- they're targeting guys to be walk-ons. Um, and a lot of those guys, division two guy like guys that have division two offers i mean they'll take an fcs guy for sure um you know a kid that maybe has a, a partial or whatever to south dakota state they'll, they'll they'll try and get that guy to walk on why wouldn't you right so uh but their walk-on classes have been really strong i mean you gotta look like trent hicks and he walked on he started last year mm-hmm. so um that's that's pretty good now can you should you be doing that a lot? Probably not, <laughs> but, right. yeah. but, but they've done a good job and, and, uh, Barrett's done a really good job. Like he's, yep. he's like a silent assassin, you know, like he, do, he don't say much. Right. No. And then, but like, then you talk to a bunch of people and you're like, yeah, man, he calls me every day or calls once a week or make sure I'm calling once a week or make sure we're having a conversation. Like that's what kids are saying. And, but they don't let it be known, but like he's, you know, He's a uh, cerebral in his uh, recruiting. That's that's probably the best way to say it. He's he's done a nice job. I'll say that, uh, particularly building relationships in the metro. I don't think I don't think I think a lot of talk right what happened with Riley and yeah. obviously Call- Callahan and those guys about like we're gonna do a better job. Well, like you know, I think you probably had the wrong guy recruiting this area. And when people told you that you had the wrong guy recruiting certain players and stuff, you didn't adjust. Well, that's what they're doing now. Like if Barrett is a guy and then they'll bring in Beckton, if it's for tight ends, you know, like Mm -hmm. uh, I just look at the two Bellevue West tight ends in the 2022 class, like Barrett and Beckton are kind of tag team in that. I, I do throw in, uh, Lewis Central into kind of the metro, <laughs> but um, and Thomas Fedoni, same thing. Like they've done a really nice job of that. Um, and Frost dips in and every once in a while and recruiting it too. And um, I I think they've done a really really nice job. And then you have other guys like Kenny Wilhite yep. been there forever and, and done a good job. And he's basically in charge of the walk on program. So or getting the walk ons. So he's you know done a nice job at that too. And and their focus on the, the walk-on class has been good. Um, you know, obviously, I'm sure they like to get a handful of different guys, but they'll take what they can get kind of and develop them. And some guys, some of those guys have developed really nicely. Um, you're just – you're never going to hit – you're never going to bat, you know, a 1,000, right? Right. You're just, you're just not. Um, but losing a guy like Xavier Watts, I think is a big sort of blow. I, I think the world of that guy just as a human uh, and a football player, he's going to Notre Dame, yep. but Xavier Betts, somehow they got that done. Uh, totally. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not talking, I'm not talking from securing the commitment. I'm talking about getting him in school. Yeah, no, I uh, trust me. I know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, 
and, and, and how they got that, I mean, he's going to be big time if he can, no you doubt. know, make it, make it right. Mm-hmm. And if he can adjust to college life, he'll be big time. So they, they've done a really nice job. And like I said, Barrett has been, he's, you know, I see in the games and stuff on Friday nights when he can, I'll be popping in there and I'll try and like joke with him and stuff. And he just kind of like, yeah, like, <laughs> he's like, he's like, oh, uh, leave me alone, man. <laughs> yeah, he's not, you know, because he's not, you know, you, when you think of, if I would just say good recruiter, like the image you conjure up in your mind is a guy that could just, I mean, yeah. the most talkative, gregarious, yeah. animated dude. Yeah. Like that's not Barrett, but Barrett, no. what Barrett is, is Barrett is, Barrett is super authentic, super genuine. And I think right. that's as important when it gets right down to like, okay, so some guy's super easy to talk to. Do you want to go play for that guy? Or do you want to play for the guy that you know is like, he's keeping it real with you. He is genuine. He's sincere. And I think those are the things that Barrett, like Barrett doesn't try to pretend to go to be something he's not. Right. Like, and that's, that's important because he's not going to be the like shaking hands, kissing babies. No, type that's of just guy, not right? who he is. You no, know? no. And, and that's he's very fine. honest. Yeah. He's very honest with kids. As far as what they tell me, um, he's, he's super honest. I think I did make him laugh one time. There you go. Um, <laughs> which was, I think he was at, I think it was like Burke North game or something. He was there, recruited uh, Nick uh, Henrich and, and Chris Hickman. And I think I, him and Beckton were there. And I would just like walk by with my <laughs> camera and like all this gear and stuff. And they're like, who the hell is this guy? Probably. And I, I did. I do think I made him laugh. There you go. There you go. It, it starts with a giggle. All great rela- relationships start with a giggle. <laughs> so it's it's a, it's a onward and upward with you and Barrett. Right. <laughs> What about basketball? Because I, I've always I've been, and obviously because I've been intimately involved with it as a player and and all that stuff. What about in-state recruiting for basketball, Nebraska versus Creighton? Because it's so interesting how, really, over the past two decades, you know, Creighton's kind of had the state on lock for any good kid that that pops up. You know, whether it's you go all the way back to me to to Josh Dolzer, Antoine Young, Josh Jones, and then. Then on into obviously the big ones in Kyrie Thomas and Justin Patton. Like there'd been a long, there's been some pretty long droughts with in-state kids committing to Nebraska basketball, whereas there's been kind of a, a a lot of in-state kids committing to Creighton, and maybe that's kind of a part of it. Is like there's a you know I mean there's no doubt about Dotsler going to Creighton makes Antoine Young feel better about it, and then mm-hmm. it makes Josh Jones feel better about it, and then that mm-hmm. works its way down. How do you see? basketball recruiting it's probably early with Hoiberg and his staff because they've only been here for a year but how do, how do you kind of see that yeah well I mean uh first of all like the 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 last five years as there was a little dip in 2016 there was only one division one guy that was Tristan Simpson that went to uh South Dakota there was yep. one guy in the whole state and it's like e right yep uh but since then it's been average and and if you take that class and before that signing out of high school, not going to JUCO, like the average was about 3.2 from, from like the first five years of the decade. And now it's like seven, eight, right? Like right in, right in that ballpark, um, four, five, six, seven, eight, like it's, it's a, a lot higher. What will be very interesting is, um, Hoiberg and how they recruit in the state. They they basically told Akola Rope like 
okay, we'll keep you, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, well, you committed to Coach Miles. We don't want to do that to an in-state guy. We'll keep you. Hopefully, we can develop you, all this stuff. So we'll see. To be determined, right, on that one. Um, Creighton's just done a phenomenal job. They really like, have. They, they, they really have. I mean, and Justin and Kyrie being local guys and all these kids know them, and they still come back, and they have a big presence right now still to this day. And everybody knows them, and they both made it to the league. Now Creighton can be like, look, yeah. we got the, these two guys are from Omaha. They stayed home. They played here. They made it to the league. Hey, Hunter Salas, this is what you want to do too, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. Like you want to be this guy. So, um, you know, that we'll see what Hunter ends up doing, man. I, I, you know, he's got every pretty much every offer in the country that he wants. I'm sure that – if he called anybody and said, I want to come, they would take him. Sure. Um, so, you know, I mean, really, it's Kentucky and Duke right now that haven't offered and basically everyone else has. Um, and we'll see. Um, there's some stuff working on that, I think. Um, but Creighton is in a very, very strong position for Hunter Salas right now. I was good. Okay. Um, it, yeah, I want to, I, are, I want to add. So, yeah, I mean, I feel like they – expand on that because, I mean, you're talking about a guy like Hunter could be a McDonald's All-American. Right, right. Has Creighton ever had one of those? I don't, I, I don't think so. Benoit, Benoit Benjamin or something? Maybe. Uh, Wes Unsel, did they have McDonald's? The, yeah, they, I don't know. Anyway. Paul Silas was, you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, whatever. Like, we're talking. Um, but it, he's, I would say if he, if he had to put out a top 10 or eight or six or whatever, and he had to do it today, Creighton would be in there. Okay. Like, I, I think they're in there. I, I think there's a a pool to kind of stay home a little bit. Sure. But then you have, you know, North Carolina, Kansas, Gonzaga, Iowa State. Like, Iowa State's been the first school that recruited him two and a half years ago. Like, they, they've they been in that. That thing. makes a difference. You know, when you yeah. were the first one there, like, when no one else was on you, like, that that means something. Yeah, they, they've been there hard. So, and, you know, Kansas is recruiting them really hard, yep. really, really hard. Um, it, basically, everyone is. <laughs> but. Yeah. Uh, Oregon, Coach Altman and McKenna uh, are, are definitely recruiting him hard too. And um, that's, you know, they're probably in the conversation as well. Uh, I think UCLA and Michael Lewis. So yeah. he was at, he was at Nebraska yep. and I was at UCLA. So he's using that connect. I mean, UCLA isn't going to come recruit a dude from Nebraska very often. <laughs> so, and, and neither is North Carolina. Right? Nope. So um, actually Hunter's the, the only one that anyone that I know can remember that has ever gotten an offer from North Carolina. I can't remember. I can't remember right. any in-state kid getting getting yeah. a UNC offer. Right. So that's kind of big time. So for Creighton to be in that conversation, one, it just shows the level of the program they're at right now. Yeah. Right. Like, like we're. I think people still think like, you know, Creighton, they're going to go to St. Louis and hopefully win the <laughs> Valley tournament. And, you know, like we're, we're light years away from that right now. Yeah. Like it's light changed. years away. Yeah. I yes. mean, cause I'm telling you having the amount of times, cause I was oftentimes the guy that would host players on their official visit to Creighton and like the amount of times they would have, like Creighton would check every box, but then they'd have one like big 12 offer and just the allure of playing in a big conference would be the trump card. And now that's changed. I mean, when you're when you're playing in a conference like the Big East and you're on national TV for every game, like you said, like it, it Creighton's now a big time basketball program. It I mean, they just are. Right. It's and people I think I'm not sure enough people in the state really realize that because they 
they still think Nebraska is like the big dog, right? Mm-hmm. As far as basketball is concerned. And do I think Fred and, and those guys will get it done? I do eventually, like they will, right? They'll, yes, I they'll agree. Figure out some, they'll figure out some combination of grown men to come in there as transfers and stuff and win some games, right? Yes. Like that's going to happen. Um, it's just, I mean, do I think they're going to recruit a bunch of Nebraska guys or, you know, high schoolers? Probably not. Like no. they, they have three offers out. It's the Hunter, Jason Green at Miller North and Isaac Trout, who's blown up by the way. Yeah, and that blowing kid's up. Like, like that kid's a unicorn, right? He's six, nine. Yes. And he's like a point forward that does really every, I mean, it's just like his skill set is crazy and he's, you know, probably three years away from, gaining 30 more pounds too so i mean it's just like he's gonna be potential yeah the best basketball for him is way ahead of him like you know wait years and years and years away yeah so but i mean nebraska's recruited those guys i i you know do i think they end up landing one of the three uh maybe (laughs) you never know i mean and that that's a that's like that's like me just saying, like, that's a strong maybe. Like, you know, like, maybe. Um, like, Jason Green, I know they like, they were the first to offer him over a year ago. Um, and, you know, we'll see with Isaac. I mean, I know him and Wes Wilkinson have a relationship. Yep. And Wes played there and all that. So, like, that maybe that's a thing. And I know they don't, his parents don't necessarily want him to go across the country, I don't think, at this point. But that can change. So, I... You know, we'll see where where it's at, but I, you know, it's it's going to take a very special kind of talent for Nebraska to uh, commit to that, right? Mm-hmm. To to taking a high school kid. That's just not what they've done. Yeah, that's, that's just not, not they really. It's not yeah. that they're yeah. anti recruiting high school no. kids, but right. I mean, the the blueprint at Iowa State was transfer heavy. That's just and that's fine, right. you know. And like, I mean, right. I talked to Matt Abdelmassi on my pod, and he made the point. He's like, "Listen, we're trying to get old and stay old, stay old. Right. And one of the ways right. to do that is to just go get." transfers you know and right. by the way when, I mean it to me it seems like it's a matter of if not when the one-time free transfer rule goes into effect right. I feel like that's only going to amplify Nebraska's approach to things I mean again it's not to say mm-hmm. that they're not gonna uh, you know recruit a Hunter Salas or something you know a big time kid in, in the state but I mean I, I think they have their their way of doing it and listen who can argue with what Fred did at Iowa <laughs> State you know do it killed it yeah yeah you're you're not and and like you said, they, they want to get old and stay old. And that's exactly where they're at right now. I mean, I think like talent wise, they're significantly better uh, or set up better for 2020, 2021 than they were 1920. Oh my God. Significant. I mean, like the roster is ridiculously better, right? Yeah. I, I couldn't believe Mike when I went to, I think they played Doan in an exhibition. Mm Mm-hmm. And yeah. I was like jaw dropped at just the, <laughs> and, and not to be mean, like just jaw dropped at the level of talent. I'm like, this is a big 10 basketball team. You know what I mean? And that's right. There, there does hit a point where when you're in a conference like the big 10, like there is a non-negotiable level of just raw talent that <laughs> yeah. needs to be there, you know, regardless. And it, and right. it, it just, they just weren't there. And like, that's why I actually think like when you look back on it, Fred did a pretty good job because it wasn't like, you know, they'd kind of like they'd kind of hang in there, hang in there, hang in there. And then they'd have like a, a bad three or four minute stretch. And before, and then they'd be down 17 and it's ball game, you know, like, right. I mean, so, but man, last, I think this year, just on paper, the, the raw talent on the roster is dramatically different. Yeah. It's not even in the same like conversation. No. <laughs> what do you think? Uh, I've, 
two things get you out of here. Just to, sure. it's fun. Best high school basketball player in the state you've ever seen is who? Ooh, is uh, it Hunter? Geez, um, the, the best, not prospect, right? But best, like most dominant, all that stuff was Akoy. Okay, like he just, I mean, he was a, I don't like people need to think about it. He was a true freshman in the state championship game. And he was one block shy of a triple double. Yeah, that's nuts. Or not true freshman, duh. Like, that's college. He was a freshman in high school. Yeah. Like, he was 15, 14, 15 years old and almost had, like, that's dominant, right? And that team was phenomenal. But he, he was the most kind of dominant that I've seen in my time, right? Like, or even growing up around it. Um, I, I just think so. Hunter is the most talented guy, like, as far as just raw, God given. Man, if you were making a baby that was gonna be, <laughs> you know, yeah, right? He's he's it, right? Like he has all of that. Um, so I, I think comparing the two is that's that's the different comparison. I mean, he Hunter hasn't been just crazy dominant in games yet. I mean, he's got a year left. Hopefully, he has a year um, if we play. Yeah. But he hasn't been crazy dominant. I mean, Chucky's another one that like that dude. See, talking about grown man, like he is strong, yeah, and and he's tough. Like he's not a crazy above the rim guy either. But that doesn't matter. Like he changes the game so many different ways. So um, those two guys are pretty special. I think people realize that at a young age when they were like seventh, eighth, ninth graders, they were like, "All right, like this, these, these two cats are, yeah, these these two cats are a little different now." <laughs> so yeah, um, but I, I would say I would say that that him and and. Uh, defensively, Kyrie Thomas was was just. I mean, I, as you know, like yep. Creighton. I mean, he was in high school. I will never forget this. Uh, he, I went to. I was in some small town in South Dakota high school gym, watching him play AAU game, and I'm like, you know, I just want to track his deflections because you yeah, because that's really what he's defender. long and yeah, all that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. In in the first eight minutes, so there's 16 minute halves in AAU basketball. First eight minutes. The dude had seven deflections and I'm like, <laughs> and they weren't playing, you know, I mean, they were playing like a team that wasn't great, right. but still like that's instincts and stuff. And I was oh, like, no doubt. man, this dude is ridiculous. So he's, he's, he's the most dominant. I, I think defensively, like, cause on the ball, he just was different. Right. Yeah. I, I think for me, from what I saw, you know, I mean, like I was pretty, I was really little and didn't know, I knew he was good, but I was, didn't, I couldn't totally digest basketball and watching Strickland play and all that stuff. Yeah. But in like mo the modern time, like, and maybe this is because I got to see this guy knock my brother's team out of the district finals two straight years. Mike Gassell yeah, was, was a different. really, really, really yeah. good high school basketball player. And yeah, absolutely. I mean, because yeah. he, because, and, and one of the things that I liked about Mike is like, I think Mike, I think if you would have just, he was on such a different level. I honestly think if you would have went to Gasell and said, you're, you can't shoot in this game, but go <laughs> dominate it. Like he could have, he could have gotten yep. eight steals, 14 assists, controlled every possession, all that, all that stuff. I thought, I, I thought the world of Mike, I thought he was, he yeah. was awesome. He's, that's a, yeah. That's great. Like he was, he was phenomenal. Um, I'll never forget him. Like, man, I was sitting in the rafters. I think it was his junior year. I was sitting in the 
up top into Vanny watching him play or something like junior yeah. sophomore year or something. One of those games, like it was, it was before I kind of started getting into this and he was young and I was like, wow, this dude's really good. Really, you know, I mean, he's just I, a good like basketball vi- player, yeah. man. You know, it's just, yeah, that, that picture is vivid in my mind of just watching him warm up and yeah. like, you know, all those things. It, him and Chucky are pretty similar. They are. Actually. They just they're just winners. Yep. They make winning plays. Yep. Like now, Mike. Yep. I remember Mike. I've seen Mike, you know, rise up and punch on somebody and trap. Like Mike wasn't a horrible athlete, but he right. wasn't like a you know he wasn't going to be. He's not an elite athlete. But I mean, right. you got to remember. I mean, basically, Mike was like a four year starter at Iowa. Like right. you know, I mean, the guy went and started. Yeah. He, he ran the show for four years as at a, Iowa. Like you're pretty good. As, yeah, as unless you said as a point guard. Yes. And if you know if you know that recruiting story, he yeah. wanted to go to, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I do. <laughs> he wanted to go to somewhere else and they told him he couldn't play point guard. Yeah, I love that. Silly. <laughs> Absolutely silly. What about what about we'll get you out in this best high school team? Right. I mean, I bet it, it best yeah. high school team it's, you've ever seen in the state of Nebraska's hoop. It's that Omaha Central group. Like that they were I mean, they were ridiculous. Yeah. Uh with Akoy and Tradeon, Trisha. That was uh, 2013. Um, um, Tradion and KJ Scott, Nick Billingsley, DeAndre Hollins Johnson. Um, yeah, that's McCoy. like that's, that's like seven D one yeah. dudes. You know, <laughs> yeah. I mean, Trayshawn Thurman was a junior, mm-hmm. um, and and even like you could go. There's guys that were on that team. John Ali was a guy that was on that like a bench player that barely played. He could have gone small college somewhere too if he and probably started at over 50% of the other Metro schools, but he barely played and like, he could have gone small college somewhere too. That, that team, I think 2013, whatever team, the fourth state title, that was, that was easily the most dominant and probably the best team in, yeah. in the state's I, history. It's hard to argue. Say. It's hard to argue yeah. with it. I mean, we just put a pen to paper. It's, it's really hard to, to argue with it, man. I mean, I'm telling you, I hope, I hope, obviously I hope basketball season goes high school wise. Cause Man, I'm telling you, Mike. Mm. I think my, my brother's got a young core that's kind of yeah. coming, man. Like I know, they, I mean, mm-hmm. they're not Hunter Salas and Jason Green, all those guys, <laughs> but like, oh, yeah. I'm telling you, you know, Jared and Ryland and Ben, and like they're like I'm telling you, man. Like they're they're hey, coming. They, I told him, I told him after they played at Westside on a Saturday afternoon, and they got beat, and it was like not very close. And I go, you know what? Like, and I, I talked to him after the game or text him or something. Yeah, and I said. I said, hang in there, man, because you guys are going to be good. Not, not really, probably, not, obviously not this year. Sure. Maybe not next year, but in two years, you guys are going to be really good. And like, they are. Like, he built that thing. He went young on yep. purpose. Um, it, they're going to be really, really good. They, they should be the best team in Lincoln in maybe this year or may, for sure next year, I would say. Mike Sauter, I kept you for over an hour. I lied to you. I didn't. I didn't think. I didn't think we'd go this far. But this was fun, man. Uh, everybody, follow Mike stuff. Read him on the Omaha World Herald. Again, he's uh, he, he's just dominates the high school sports scene in terms of coverage and all that. Uh, keep doing your thing, man. I, I I really love what you're doing. Yeah, I appreciate you, Nick. Thanks for having me. You got it, man. All right, my thanks to Pella Windows and Doors. If you're thinking about a new window or a new front door. Now is the perfect time. Give Pella a call at 402-493-1350 or check them out online at PellaOmaha.com. We will see you next time on the Nick Bob Podcast.
प्रोडक्शन